There had been rumors of a creature dwelling in the woodland around the coastal village of Seahaven for several years, and while most dismissed it as nonsense, very few dared to venture into the woods after dark. Tales were told of a humanoid figure, sometimes up to eight feet in height and completely covered in hair, roaming amongst the trees at night. Young children whispered about the hairy beast and his army of wolves. Words like Sasquatch and Bigfoot were thrown around, but none of these caused offense to Alf. He had come to enjoy being feared. Occasionally, he would hear the youngsters playing about in the fields that bordered the woodland, hear them talking about his wolves and daring one another to enter the forest. <laughs> wolves, he said with a chuckle, looking down at the six Rottweilers curled in a heap beside the fire. Elf had moved out of the village following the death of his wife almost ten years earlier. Everyone had been sympathetic after Clarissa's accident, but nobody could actually help in any way. She had been his soulmate, his everything, and he simply could not cope without her. On the day of the funeral, once he had completed his duties of greeting people who pretended to be his friends and burying his wife, Alf made his way deep into the woods with the intention of ending his life. He had attempted to pen a note but knew that an explanation was not needed, and he did not care what anyone thought of his choice. Armed with only a bottle of bourbon and a thick rope, Alf marched through the darkness of the forest in search of the right tree for the job. He had no doubt that suicide was what he wanted. After all, there was no one worth staying alive for now. They never had children and Alf did not care for the company of anyone else from the village. After more than an hour of wandering the muddy trails, most of the bourbon had been consumed on the way. Alf came across the perfect location for his final goodbye. A solid oak tree stood before him, branches thicker than his own arms, and he stared upwards, trying to work out the logistics of the act. Alf's thoughts were interrupted by a whimpering, which sounded all the louder in the stillness of the forest. The noise was not human. Of that Alf was certain, and he cautiously poked about in the shrubbery, expecting to find an injured animal. That was the first time he saw her, lying on her side and crying, belly bloated to a seemingly impossible size, was a Rottweiler. Alf approached with some hesitation, not wanting to frighten the poor dog, especially as she was in pain and was more likely to become aggressive. Alf watched from a safe distance, unable to offer any assistance, as the Rottweiler produced a litter of six. Something happened that evening, which changed Alf's perspective entirely. He knew that the puppies were unlikely to survive if left in the woods, and now it seemed as if he had a purpose. Suicide can wait, he reasoned. Let's get these little fellas somewhere safe first. Alf knew that he could not very well pick up six small dogs, even if the mother allowed him to do so. He made his way, somewhat drunken by this time, back to his home 
to retrieve blankets in a box. It was all he could offer, aside from his company, and decided that he would have to do. Returning to the spot several hours later, after becoming a little lost in the darkness of the trees, Alf covered the dogs with several blankets, curled up on the cold ground beside them to sleep. Awakening that first morning as the sunlight streamed through the canopy above, Alf felt reborn. There was still an all-encompassing sadness at the loss of Clarissa. But the pull of that final intended act had weakened considerably during the night. Right at that moment, in that place on the ground, was where he felt safe. Alf had no interest in human interaction, no desire for money or other material things. He could think of no reason why he should not just stay where he was. Of course, the people in the village would not understand, but Alf did not care. He just needed to figure out the details, grab a few bits from his home, and create his new life on the fringes of society. Leaving the pups to suckle their mother's milk, Alf made his way back to his home in the early morning light. The streets were virtually deserted at this hour, and he only saw a handful of cars on the road, keen to get back to the forest before he saw anyone he knew. Alf grabbed a large bag and darted from room to room. He threw some clothes into the bag, along with some essentials including a toothbrush, toilet roll, a couple of wedding photographs, and the small amount of food that was still in the fridge. Alf also took a few items of cutlery and crockery from the kitchen, some tins of soup from the cupboard, a torch, and plenty of matches. He knew he could return whenever it became necessary, but was determined to avoid this for as long as possible. Loaded with the heavy bag, Alf trudged back into the woods, was relieved to find the litter of pups just as he had left them. And so, he began his new life. Now almost ten years later, Alf had returned to his house only a handful of times, and always under the cover of darkness. His disappearance had been a mystery to the townsfolk of Sea Heaven, and may suspected suicide, if anyone had wondered at the connection between Alf's apparent departure and the rare sightings of the creature in the woods. No one spoke of it aloud. Alf was unrecognizable now, his hair falling almost to his waist with his beard not far behind. His skin was wrinkled from age and grimy with dirt from living outdoors. His teeth were yellowed and uncared for, but he was happy. He had spent all these years living among the trees, feeding himself with whatever he could find in the forest. The pups had remained loyal, largely because their mother, whom Alf had named Clarissa, had chosen to follow Alf wherever he would go. The four-legged Clarissa had also passed away several years previously, but Alf was certain this was purely from old age. Alf never gave names to the Rottweiler puppies, simply numbering them one to six, and after the loss of their mother, they never left his side. The dogs were feral, having only ever known life in the wild. They hunted well, catching squirrels, rabbits, and even the occasional badger, and provided enough meat for Alf and the six animals to survive on. Interaction with other humans was successfully avoided. Alf knew every part of the forest and kept out of sight and away from any pathways that other people may use. 
his dogs knew to stay with their master. This meant the group had kept out of trouble. Until that night. Alf had heard the scream pierce the darkness. Although he did not know the hour, the temperature was low and the moon was at its fullest. There had only been the one scream, but it was enough for his six companions to rise to their feet, whimpering quietly, as if they were awaiting the order to investigate. Alf waited expecting to hear another scream, but nothing came. Don't worry, guys, he whispered. Probably just some kids mucking about. Best to just stay clear. Alf made himself comfortable on the ground, and slowly the six joined him, encircling him as they lay in the mud. The following morning, the group began to hunt for their breakfast. Alf gathered blackberries while the dogs scurried about in the brush in search of something meatier to feast upon. The dogs had been trained to be quiet, to only bark when absolutely necessary, not only for the benefit of hunting their prey, but to avoid any confrontations with other humans. When Alf heard the barks that morning, he knew something was very wrong. Rushing to his pups, shushing them as he approached. Shh, shh, quiet boys. Alf nearly vomited when he saw what they had found. The woman was young, perhaps in her late teens, but it was hard to tell through the damage. Next to her head was a rock, glinting red in the early sunlight. Her face had been almost entirely destroyed, cracked white bones jutting through broken skin along her jawline. Her white blouse was torn open, black skirt riding high up her thighs, wrists and ankles bound with tape. Jesus Christ! Alf muttered, fighting back a tear. He had heard the scream, quite possibly her last ever sound, and he had not acted. A wave of guilt hit him as he dropped to his knees in the dirt. His six dogs sat, whimpering, in a circle around the corpse. They did not know what to do, and neither did Alf. His first thought had been that he would need to face his fears, head to town. The police needed to be told. However, it did not take long before those words came back to hunt him. He was the hairy beast with his pack of wolves. Surely he would be the prime suspect. Alf was at a loss. Aside from the tragedy of the young woman's brutal murder, he did not know how to keep himself safe. If he reported the body to the authorities, he was certain that they would try to pin it on him. If he pretended not to know about it, simply left the corpse there for someone else to stumble across. He may well end up in the same predicament. A body in the woods would certainly be tied to the crazy man who lived there. The only possibility he could think of was to bury the body. But if he were ever found out, then he'd appear even more guilty. <sighs> Perhaps it's time we moved on, he wondered not knowing where they could go. It took Alf almost two hours to decide what to do, and he did not like it at all. Not owning a shovel made the job harder than it already was, and Alf cursed the dogs for their lack of assistance. They foraged about in the trees, playing with one another as though the corpse was of no significance to them. Alf supposed that it wasn't. Not really. The dogs were wild, 
and death was just part of life. They had no comprehension of the trouble that Alf could find himself in if he were to be discovered. The grave was not deep, barely covering the young woman, but Alf created a layer of branches and leaves to disguise the disturbed ground. He knew the animals of the forest would eventually pick up the scent of rotting flesh and make a mess of the scene, but he viewed this as unavoidable in the long run. All he could hope for was that he would be out of sight and as far from the mess as possible. Alf and the loyal six spent the day trudging through the forest, almost to its furthest point. He understood the danger he would put himself in if he left the perceived safety of the trees, but he was also determined to put as much distance between himself and the grave as possible. By the time the sun had begun its descent, Alf was exhausted. Food had been more scarce than usual, with no time to hunt for meat, leaving the dogs with empty bellies, and Alf surviving only on blackberries and a handful of wild mushrooms. Alf led the dogs deep amongst the trees until he found a suitable spot to spend the night. The night was cool, but not uncomfortably cold, and Alf crawled up beneath a large ash tree as the dogs collapsed around him. He had been asleep for a little more than an hour before the dogs whining woke him. Alf could just about make out their shapes in the darkness of night. All six of them stood upright, all facing in the same direction and crying as though afraid. Tufts of black fur stood on end along each of their backs, tails between their legs. Alf's first thought was that the police were coming for him. That his makeshift grave had been discovered. He listened intently through the sounds of the night creatures scurrying about, but could hear no voices. The police will be out in force. They'd be noisy and have lights. He reasoned, but this did little to ease his mind. <gasps> Whoever killed that girl could be back. The idea of confronting a killer made Elf less nervous than dealing with the police. He had six large dogs who knew would protect him, and if he were able to restrain the killer, then perhaps he could even turn him in. It'd be easy enough to say the killer had buried the body, he reasoned. Still, Alf could hear no voices. No sound of brittle twigs snapping underfoot. No heavy breathing from a killer's chest. Whatever had gotten the dog so riled was beyond him, but it couldn't be ignored, trying to disregard the aches and pains that spread through his body. Alf rose to his feet as quietly as possible. What's wrong? He whispered, only leading to an increase in the dog's whining noises. Have you seen? This question was greeted with a yelp from one dog, followed by terrifying snarls from the other. Something was coming. Something which had changed his usually jolly dogs into something much more volatile. And then he saw it. At first it was a flash of white moving between the trees in complete silence. As soon as he had seen it, it had vanished behind a thick brush. Breath held in the stillness of the forest. Alf's eyes darted back and forth, attempting to locate whatever he had seen. The dog's snarls had increased in ferocity, 
and Alf knew it was coming closer. A rustle of leaves to his left caught his attention, followed by a white blur passing in front of him. The already cool night dropped suddenly in temperature. As the apparition passed him, the dogs were close to boiling point, desperate to lunge at whatever lie before them yet unable to catch it. Foam sprang from their mouths as they released a series of guttural howls. Then they fell silent, as though someone had flicked a switch. The whining and the snarling ceased from each and every one of them at the same instant as they sat on their haunches and turned their attention to Alf. This was the first time that Alf ever felt afraid of his dogs, the way they all stared at him in unison, causing his hands to tremble. Another shaking of leaves came from behind the dogs, followed by a quick breeze of icy wind. And then... She appeared. Alf's bladder released as he gazed upon her, looking just as she had when he had buried her. Aside from being upright, the young woman looked to be in no better condition. Her face cracked, shattered and bloody, bore what appeared to be an attempt at a grin. Her white blouse remained open at the front, exposing her dirt-covered bra and torso. The black skirt barely covered her underwear, and Alf spotted the torn remnants of the tape on her wrists and ankles. You were dead! Alf managed, barely above a whisper. So, did that give you the right to hide me away? To assist my killers? The words came out oddly, through her misshapen mouth and Alf struggled to understand them. What was left of her face showed something akin to anger, but Alf could not bring himself to look at the gruesome mess before him. He prayed that he was merely dreaming, a byproduct of guilt perhaps, but it felt all too real. I'm sorry, he told her despite not meaning it. Alf was certain that ghosts did not exist, that whatever this was must surely be a figment of his imagination. For if ghosts did exist, he reasoned, then where was his Clarissa? What do you want from me? He asked, keen to end this nightmare. You want me to tell the police what I found? Can you tell me who killed you? My killer is not your concern, she replied. I have no intention of involving the police. How could I? I will avenge my own death in my own way. He is not your assistance, I seek. Then what do you want? Alf asked, fearful of the answer. The apparition did not speak, simply pointing at the six creatures before her. You want my dogs? Alf asked the surprise in his voice evident. Your dogs! She replied angrily. They belong to the earth. They owe you nothing. At that, the six rose to their feet, eyes still set on Alf, a snarl rising from each of them. <gasps> I've loved them since they were born! Alf stated, 
tears welling in his eyes. They kept me alive, gave me a purpose. I can't lose him now. It's too late for that. Consider your penance for what you did to me. And take me with you, Alf pleaded. I don't want to be alone. He broke down into full sobs, dropping to the ground among the dried leaves and dirt. Perhaps you should revisit your original plan, Alfred. The apparition told him, her voice dripping with menace. You know the one with the rope and the tree? He did not answer, that very thought having already come to him at the idea of being left alone. I don't get any ideas about a romantic reunion. Clarice isn't waiting for you. <laughs> The sobs came to a sudden halt at the mention of his wife, and he stared up at the monster before him. Did Clarissa remain somewhere, on some plane of existence? You've spoken to her? Alf asked, desperate to know where Clarissa now was. I can sense she said, her voice void of any sympathy. She doesn't want anything to do with you. Liar! Alf yelled. If you're here, then she must be somewhere. Why hasn't she shown herself? Perhaps she wanted you to move on with your life. You really think that she'd want to spend the afterlife? In this dingy forest? I could never move on, Alf admitted. She was my everything. All I've ever wanted. When she died, I so badly wanted to go with her. If I'd known she still existed in some form, I would have joined her years ago. Alf stood himself back up a resolute look on his face. You're not taking my dogs, he said, his face etched in determination. You have no choice, the apparition said, pointing to a branch above Alf's head. From it hung a noose of a new-looking rope. He shook his head before taking a step towards the dogs, the usual excited wagging of tails was replaced by angry snarls. But Alf took another step. The dogs matched his step, closing the gap between them. As Alf reached out a hand towards his companions, they launched at him, the ghostly apparition taking full control of her hellhounds. Alf focused his mind on his wife, hoping beyond all hope that he would be able to find her on the other side. As teeth tore into his throat. Alf let out a gargled cry. Clarissa! Clarissa! 
I'm coming! 